In Good We Trust is recorded at the Philadelphia Ethical Society in Philadelphia, PA. For more information about us, visit phillyethics.org or follow us on Instagram at phillyethics. Although I grew up in a pretty secular environment, Christmas was still a big deal. Like most of my friends, my brothers and I lusted after the sack of toys Santa would bring. On Christmas morning, we had a somewhat vulgar ritual. My brothers and I would each pick a separate chair or side of the couch to pile up our wrapped gifts. Then we'd step back and compare and contrast the size of the pile and the number of gifts. Then we'd unwrap each present slowly, savoring the nectar of consumerism. Our spoiled perversion of Christmas's spirit of giving seemed so sweet. When I became a teenager, my materialistic holiday conditioning began to weigh me down. Each year I got more anxious about what gifts to buy for my parents and brothers. Maybe it was Christmas karma. The very success of the holidays seemed to hinge on my finding impressive or at least adequate presents to give them. I felt pressure. Procrastination and limited funds made things worse. There I'd be on Christmas Eve, having abandoned any hope of finding the perfect gifts. I just searched for what would be acceptable. Running in and out of stores as closing time neared, I felt hopeless, helpless. The cheerful Christmas Muzak mocked my growing gloom. Sometimes I thought to myself, oh, to be a four-year-old again, when I would have clumsily wrapped tissue paper around a decorated pine cone or some ten-cent trinket and receive oohs and ahs from my appreciative parents. As a teen, I struggled to get similar affirmations with my gifting. I've gotten past much of my neuroses over failed and feeble gifted demonstrations of familial appreciation, but I still hear echoes of this anxiety. Do you? Do you ever confuse consumerism and love? During the holidays, do you feel stress about giving just the right gifts, enough gifts? If so, it's not surprising. We're bombarded with messages about how presents demonstrate our love and earn us the right to be loved. Marketers whip up insane frenzy on Black Friday. <laughs> this is our capitalist equivalent of Spain's running of the bulls. What an ominous event. Hordes of holiday shoppers armed with pepper spray camping out at mall entrances so they could be the first to grab armfuls of booty. Buy lots and then buy some more. We will be loved. This modern hyper-consumerism takes advantage of and encourages our sense of inadequacy. If marketers can make us feel insufficient, unloved, and lonely, then we'll be more likely to spend a lot of money for those we hope to impress and yearn to love. Is this the best capitalism offers? Over a hundred years ago, 
Felix Adler, the founder of Ethical Culture, understood this aspect of American capitalism. He saw how we mastered conspicuous consumption, but were not happier for it. After working long hours to get the money necessary to buy all the gifts, we spend whatever's left on cheap entertainment and partying to soothe our exhausted spirits. This doesn't make a meaningful life. Adler writes, It has been said that the modern world is divided between the hot and hasty pursuit of affairs in the hours of labor and the no less eager chase of pleasure in the hours of leisure. But even our pleasures are calculated and businesslike. We measure our enjoyments by the sum expended. Our salons are often little better than bazaars of fashion. We wander about festive halls, chewing artificial phrases, which we neither believe nor desire to be believed. We breathe a stale and insipid perfume from which the spirit of joy has fled. The brief exhilaration of the dance, the physical stimulus of wine and of food, the nervous excitement of a game of hazard, perhaps these make up the sum total of enjoyment in by far the majority of our so-called parties of pleasure. Surely, of all things melancholy in American life, American mirth is the most melancholy. Now, of course, some Americans can't afford to spend their time in festive halls, dances, and parties of pleasure. They don't have the option of participating in our dizzying, drunken materialism. For the haves, as well as the have-nots, can the spirit of giving take less frenetic, more attainable, and more constructive manifestations? How about making gifts for others, like we did when we were kids? I mean, I know, I know, many of you doubt your artistic ability, but give it a shot. You can go online and Google easy holiday gifts you can make at home. Write a short poem. Color one of your doodles. If you don't have sufficient confidence or time, you can still avoid mall madness. Shop local. For those on your list who already have lots of stuff, consider increasingly common alternative gift fairs. There you can buy gifts for family members or friends in their name. How about a month's supply of formula for an orphaned infant? or an acupuncture session for a wounded soldier, or a, a day of meals for a homebound senior. I've made donations in this way and to honor others. I've given to micro-lending programs like Kiva. A number of ethical societies have giving tree traditions where people buy presents for local families in need. I mean, it does involve buying, but most of the gifts are basic necessities like winter hats and gloves. At least... This lets us turn the spirit of giving into a more sensible, altruistic direction. When my children were young, we encouraged them to give coupons for shared activities or doing a special task. I mean, it could be going with a parent out to a movie or cleaning out a closet together. I wish I had known of this option when I was a kid, anxiously rummaging depleted store shelves on Christmas Eve. How about finding a family heirloom to gift? 
a grandfather's scarf, an aunt's bracelet, a, an old family photo album. What could you give to a member of your family that would honor ancestors? I mean, in many indigenous cultures, the greatest gifts are not shiny, expensive, and new. They're gifts of legacy handed down from generation to generation. Wrapped with a bow, given with care, and shared with a story over tea. These gifts can be more memorable than anything bought in a store. Might the time I spent as a teenager anxiously shopping have been better spent? I mean, wouldn't it have been more meaningful to give time and attention directly to my parents? Can't we be there for other people? Buddhist Thich Nhat Hanh wrote, the most precious gift we can offer is our presence. When mindfulness embraces those we love, they will bloom like flowers. I mean, my mom probably would have appreciated flowers and some attention from me rather than more junk. When she was in recovery for addiction, she exuded appreciation for the moment. She'd say, this moment right now is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Whatever your holiday routine, let's all honor the people we care about more than the gods of the marketplace. That would better represent a healthier spirit of giving. Happy Holidays.